Welcome to the Estate Professionals Mastermind Podcast, a podcast for estate professionals who earn more, work less, and make a huge difference in their communities. If you get value out of this free content, be sure to check out probatemastery.com where you can get live classes, access to weekly coaching, and valuable courses. To learn more, visit probatemastery.com. Now let's jump into this week's content. Welcome to our Tuesday morning real estate coaching call for Probate Mastery. I'm Bill Gross. I'm a real estate broker and practitioner in Los Angeles, California. It's a mastermind call designed to help us as real estate salespeople and brokers build our business in probate real estate. Um, specifically, this is about implementing, getting the work, doing the work, listing properties, selling properties, getting referrals, um, and implementing. Uh, I'm an actual practitioner. I'm, I'm not selling the coaching. Uh, theoretically, if you're here, you you either have taken the program and are working on it or interested in adding probate real estate to your business. Uh, and just some real quick housekeeping or give you perspective of who we are and how we got here. Probate Mastery is a coaching program, probatemastery.com. And there's three different paths. There's a basics path that has some free programs. There's a certification program as well as different courses. And go on the website and get all kinds of good information there, free content. You can link, uh, join the YouTube program and see all the other things they do. And then we can continue the conversation after the call on the Estate Professionals Mastermind. We have 7,000 members nationwide. Come here to ask questions um, uh, and post content related to probate. Uh, look for referrals and such. And then separately, I host my own program, probateweekly.com. You can sign up at probateweekly.com. That's every Thursday, 4 p.m. Pacific. It's an interview format. I interview attorneys, vendors, and various people in the probate business. And then there as well, I have a probate group called Probate Weekly, 3,200 members and growing. You can ask questions there. You can uh, look for referrals. You can post your probate-related content I'd uh, love to have any of it uh, on there. It's a way for you to get additional views and clicks and all that good stuff to build your business. So on this call, uh, we want to share victories, challenges, solve problems, share best practices. The goal of this is to help us put to practice the things we're doing in our real estate business. It's meant to be participative. That's why we do a Zoom call. If it was meant to be a webinar, I'd record it. We would just play it. But it's meant to answer questions. So either raise your hand in the Zoom app or put a question in the chat box or uh, feel free just to unmute yourself and jump in family style, and we'll do our best to answer your questions. Um, I don't see any questions already. I would start with those. Marie says you knew the program. Uh, Marie, welcome. Uh, and are you, when you say you knew the program, have you started the content? Are you considering it? And this is your first stop, or you signed up for Play Mastery, and this is hopefully helping you implement the material. I don't know how I got here. I know I'm. I'm in with another, I'm certified for another program. So this is, <laughs> I just signed up to see what it's about. And it. um, I'm an REO broker, actually. Got it. And um, so I just came here and I said, okay, let me see what's going on. Well, welcome. And which program are you certified through? Um, MTI. Got it. So Mike Torres, I know the program pretty well. And I would say, having been through that myself, um, you know, I think his class is good and valuable, the time you spend. And then they sell data. The coaching is kind of limited, right? I think this will, I think you'll find this, I hope, to be more real uh, implementation, how to put this to practice, the things you've learned in the Mike Torres program. So welcome, love to have you here. And 
Um, I started with Mike Torres, I want to say 10, 12 years ago. And, um, but that was more of a one piece of the puzzle for me. Whereas when I took probate mastery, that was when I really, after that, went all in on probate as my only lead generation method. But glad to have you, Marie, participating the way you can. Thanks for joining us today. And then for everybody on the call, feel free to put your contact info in the chat box, your name, phone number, email, where you service business, uh, what county in particular and state, because referrals and probate. I know we all say, well, I can refer business anywhere, but probate you're going to find is more specific by state and particularly county. David Knight has a victory. First win, first probate listing goes live tomorrow. Dave, I don't want to jinx it. If you have the contract signed, can we bring you in and maybe share a little bit about your um, uh, victory and, and and how you got it and all? Appreciate it. So um, I started on this journey about a month ago. I did reach out to Bill. and Bill was kind enough to spend 15 minutes with me. Thank you very much. Um, did, <clears throat> uh, did take up the services of ATL to get... Um, various lists for Orange County, Florida. And uh, with my Mike Ferry training, what did I do? I get on the dialer and start calling. And uh, got a lot of rejection. And um, got a lot of maybes, got a lot of call me backs. And I got one, I need your help. Can you help me? What was it need you help with specifically? Do you remember? Well, yeah, good question. So the mother passed away years ago and they, they haven't paid the mortgage in some odd months. So it's in pre foreclosure now. So I'll actually have to do a short sale, which I've never done before. So I'm it's trial by fire here. I'm looking forward to this one. So it goes live tomorrow. And actually, we're going to do an, an auction style, we're going to give it five days, I've listed it $99,000. The house is a wreck, uh, nice site, half acre lot. Um, and uh, we're just going to get the most offers. And then have the uh, the the attorney uh, deal with the bank and negotiate the bank. And what we're basically looking to do is just get some cash for keys for the gentleman so he can move on in life and uh, um, get the property out of probate. And um, I'll live happily ever after. Well, congratulations. Can so a couple things. Go ahead, Marie. Can I just interject? David, sure. if you need any help and you have any questions, if you want to contact me, I can maybe give you some pointers. I'm I appreciate sure. that. Thank you. Yeah. That's what we're all on this call for, right? Exactly. Mm -hmm. So let me just unpack a little bit of what he said. I'm going to translate a little bit and then yeah. point out some obvious. Um, first <laughs> off, I would say uh, one of the questions was ATL, question mark. ATL is alltheleads.com. Mm -hmm. All the leads is probably the biggest player in the data space. Um, they sell data across the country uh, for people who are looking to prospect probate leads, whether you want to call them like David did, call the attorneys or mail to them. And they also have a mailing program behind that. And they have some coaching resources. Uh, the founder of Probate Mastery, Chuck Corbett, came from that program. And also the current owner of Probate Mastery also came from and still is a coaching resource at alltheleads.com. So they're a legitimate company do a good job. They sell data across the country, particularly in more remote areas. They're one of the few players I think have a national footprint for the data. So the second thing, just notice what David said. He got the data and actually called it. And so I think the thing we have to understand is there's no magic pixie dust. You can't buy the data and then print it on your desk and then throw it in the air and expect the <laughs> listings to come to you. You've got to do something with this program. And David mentioned in passing that he is a Mike Ferry trained agent, which means that he's been told he's supposed to spend three to four hours a day 
doing lead generation, most likely cold calling, probably had some experience in doing that already, some success. I would imagine other areas like expired listings for sale by owners or cold calling and applied that skill to this. Now, most agents won't do that. And you have to be realistic with it. If you are a Mike Ferry trained agent, like I was, that's an opportunity for you. If you're not, um, uh, you need to get the training for the cold calling, I think, to do it effectively in the long run. Give us an idea, David. So this is your first listing. Congratulations. Thank you. How much time do you have you spent to date cold calling probate listings that this is your first actual contract? I've spent like six hours. Okay. So yeah. that's a pretty good return on investment. I've gone, through, I've gone through the list like five times. So what might it sell for, do you think? If you had to guess what the sales found, not, not to predict it or to, but just to, just to use a number for conversation. If you're going to assume a number, what would you assume it's going to be? 125 grand. Got it. So 125. Mm -hmm. And what do you list property for? You're in Florida. Orange County is, is that Orlando? Where's Orlando, Orange correct. Okay. So Orange County, uh, do you guys list at 6%, 5%? 7 7%. So I would, and then you do three and a half, three and a half, or how do you split it to the co op? Two and a half. Two and a half to them and uh, uh, four and a half to you. I can't calculate the number. Four and a half to you. Okay. So quick number then um, 125 times 0.045%. Gross commission, listing commission will be $5,600. The way I evaluate that is I take the gross commission times 0.25 because you still have other expenses. You have your license, you have your MLS, your board dues, your signs, your transaction super key, coordinator. right? Transaction coordinator. So what I do is I take 25% of that gross and say, there's $1,406 of referral money. If it was a referral, he would take it for that. Mm. And he divides that into six hours is $234 an hour is the pay he earned in my book, the way I calculate things. Uh, for that prospecting, 234 on an annual basis, if you average 234 hours times 40 hours a week, 50 hours, 50 weeks a year, if you did that, not to say that you would, but if you did, that's the equivalent of gross commission $468,000. So is that number above or below your goal for the year in terms of income? Uh, it's a little bit below. Okay. So we just have to pay attention to that. Now, mm -hmm. maybe a listing referral, you might pay a little higher percentage. It's a smaller one. It's your first one. I'm not saying you shouldn't do it. I'm just saying you want to think about your dollar per hour work Correct. because what you don't want to do is get caught up in activity. In the beginning, you might for 90 days until you kind of hit your ground running. Mm -hmm. It's unusual to get a listing that quickly. Good for you. You must have some skill. For the rest of you listening, it might take you longer to both develop the skill of prospecting and then convert it to business. Does that make mm -hmm. sense? I agree. Um, did you meet them in person or was it all handled on the phone or video? Or how did you go from phone call to contract signed? I uh, had a three-way with the attorney and then just went over my unique selling position with all three of them. <clears throat> and I simply got the, do you feel I can sell your home? Yes. The classic Fantastic. Mike Frey question. All we need to do now is simply meet at the property and get the paperwork done so we can get the process started. Are you available today or would tomorrow be better for you? Right. So what he's using is some what I would call fundamental sales skills. Those scripts are right from the Mike Ferry. Uh, and, and you need to have those skills to apply them. Uh, and so definitely worth, if you're a newer agent, I recommend Mike Ferry training, Tom Ferry training for the basic fundamentals that you apply to the selling proposition. I will say, just like David, I always uh, uh, tell the customer the reason we're signing is for them to achieve their goal. 
And then when we set a time, I always set two times. So like me today at four o'clock was five o'clock better for you. And I use a downswing, which is right from the Mike Ferry training. So good job, Dave. So you're using your, you're leveraging your past training in the Mike Ferry business. Mm-hmm. And, and remind me, I'm sorry, how long have you been in real estate sales? Uh, sales uh, with Mike Ferry, 2016. Okay. And so would you, is the rest of your business doing well, but you want to do more or are you, you know, part-time, full-time, like tell me your business up until today, where was your real estate business uh, at? I have like a three, three areas that I concentrate on. One is my property management business, okay, which led me to $825,000 listing that I picked up yesterday. Um, my next is, is buying property. Um, have multiple rental properties that I've collected over the years. Uh, but my my first should be my brokerage business because that's cash flow. That's my that's the big bumps that you get, the big hits, you know, five, 10, 15, 20, 25000 dollars hits. And you can't get that in property management. Property management is nickel and dimes. Right. But it all adds up every month. Got a question from Matt Harris, which is do you have a script? Would you mind role playing with me uh real quick? Uh, your script on sure, ring ring. Hello. Good morning. I'm I'm looking for Bill. This is Bill. Uh, Bill, I'm really not sure if I have the right person. I'm uh, so you know, my name is David Knight. I'm here in in Orlando, and I have a turnkey service for families going through probate. And part of that is that I deal directly with the probate clerk each month to identify families that are going through the probate process for the very first time. And I basically help handle any tasks that you you might have not time or the desire to deal with. And I'm just curious, is there any property in the state that I can help with? Nice. Um, no, not right now. I just filed a probate and I think we have everything handled. Okay. So you just filed. Yes. Got it. I'm sure you have a good attorney. Yes. So just notice what he did was, this is classic Mike Ferry sales training, which was I, I gave an objection and he, what did he do? And if you listened carefully, we could replay this. Or if you're watching a video, you could replay this. He repeated what I said. Because if he doesn't repeat it, I'm going to assume he's not hearing me. Mm-hmm. And then he allowed me to answer the question. I'm sorry. Then he asked me a question. Uh, let me go back. He asked me a question. I gave him an answer. He repeated it. He affirmed it. Affirmed it. Said yes. And then he went to the third step, which is ask the next question. Doesn't mm-hmm. matter what I say. You repeat the answer. You affirm it. And then you go ahead and ask the next question. You can just see the, the skill question. in his in his training uh, coming through. So again, this is this is the kind of skill, kind of in a minimum, it's going to take to be successful. And the more you do this, the better. I I would recommend a little. If I could make one suggestion, is oh. you want to get to the question a little sooner if you can. Mm. So if you can Which tighten is? the script up, if you can tighten the script up and cut out, you know, I'm in the middle of reading Elon Musk's um, uh, biography by Walter Isaacson. And he talks about the importance of shaving, you know, down uh, weight, trying to make uh, the spacecrafts more uh, successful, right? Because mm-hmm. the more weight you have, the more thrust you need, less weight, easier. More and I would efficient. say, right. And so the script has to be real. It has to be the outline of a conversation. Mm-hmm. But if you can, if you can just scrape off a few syllables or words there, I think you'll find it will flow a little easier to you because the more they're talking, the better off you are, right? Yes, correct. And any question-based script is good. Any question-based script. Which means everything else that's not a question is bad. 
right? So actually I think of it, if you look over my shoulder right there is an old fashioned chess clock and the old days in competitive mm, chess, yeah, yeah, yeah. you had two clocks and you would push the button and your opponent was running and he pushed the button and then you're running. In sales, when they're talking, you're winning. When you're talking, you're losing. Mm -hmm. So the whole time when I'm hearing somebody in a, in a role play, the sooner you can get me to talk, the better off you are. So I would just try to take that. I'm not saying it wasn't great. And I'm not knocking the script. I'm just saying if you can shave a few pieces off of that, the sooner you get to the question, I think the better you'll be. Thanks we'll for sharing that with us. No, yeah, thank you, Bill. Appreciate it. Okay. And then, uh, Don, I'm not sure if your question is for David or for me. I think David only mentioned he has his first uh, listing. So I assume um, do most of your probate business come from kind of the attorney's calls Mails to the errors, everyone. Okay, got it. So Donna's asking for you to identify where's your business come from? Does it come from attorneys or heirs? Does it come from calling or mailing? And I think that's really, that's, you're asking what is your lead generation strategy? So I can say mine is social media, uh, really focused on attorney referrals. Uh, that's where I spend my time and effort. Do you want to come and ask, the, talk a little bit, Donna? Do you want to, you want to go a little further with that question or how can I help you? Well, I'm just trying to figure out, you know, I don't need to invite attorneys. I can find who has filed wills through uh, a website that my county puts out. Mm -hmm. And I'm not sure. I check the obituaries. I cross-reference those with the uh, PVA to see if they own the property. Mm -hmm. So I got that down, but I'm now starting to go through and see which attorneys seem to handle the most but then we also have trust right you know and i will watch what i'm doing market research if i see when i'm looking for whatever i see administrator care of an administrator next to it mm -hmm. and they get to go on my mailing list Okay. Okay, so I'm just now starting to break ground in this. I've done some probate, but that's because I've been in business 35 years and people die. No way. <laughs> are you killing them or was it because of your business that they're dying? Why are they dying? They're dying just from, you know, old age. I've got a buyer right now that's 85 and he's slow about picking. I go, hope I don't end up selling his places in the state and not being able to sell him a place here in Lexington where he really needs to be. So my business has been connections. Yeah. And I, I have a booklets that came from, I think, note care about grieving. And I will often drop those in the mail to people mm -hmm. and say, you know, grief is a hard thing to deal with. And most people would prefer not to grieve. Mm -hmm. Hopefully these booklets will be happy will be helpful to you. And where do you do business? I'm in central Kentucky. I do mostly Lexington, but within 20 miles of Lexington, there are six or seven satellite communities. Got it. Yeah, the probate, by the time they filed, my experience is pretty much the grieving's done, right? When you fill up paperwork with an attorney or on your own, file it with the court, pay the fee, you're pretty much back into functioning as a general rule. And I, and I find that people are more concerned about that than they need to be. We should always be sensitive. There are people who two years later are still grieving and we should be sensitive to that when we notice those signs. But in general, I think I would say that 
the we're more concerned about it than I think we need to be in general. We should always be sensitive to people, but not have to worry about it. Um, so thanks for sharing that, Don. I appreciate your your background. My pleasure. Uh, got a question from Sabina asking about scripts. So if you go to the um, probate mastery website, I'm sorry, Facebook group, and you search in the top there script I did, or if you go to, I'll put the, this in the chat box, you'll notice there's a wholesaling script. There's common objections for prospecting attorneys, uh, SOI script. This I talk about quite the, quite a bit. So you'll see a number of different scripts here uh, by going to probate mastery and then searching the chat box. And I'll just take this link and I'll put it in the chat box for you guys to make it a little easier. Uh, but find a script that works for you. Remember that scripts are, and, and uh, Bruce does some training on scripts. And I think he's a really, really good coach on cold calling and script work. Um, but I would just remind you that this the a script should be the outline of a conversation. The goal is to be in a conversation. And the goal is to get them to talk. So oftentimes you have these great scripts that look great when you read them. And you feel like, well, if I ask all those questions or I say all these things, that takes away their objections. No, it doesn't. You want to get out the objection uh, so that you can uh, demonstrate your expertise, demonstrate your skill. I always feel like um, uh, objections are like you know a snake bite poison. You have to get the poison out of your body in order to, to live healthy. And so if there's an objection, there's a reason why they won't do business with you. But once removed, now they can do business with you. So you want them to engage with you. You want them to ask questions. You want to be prepared to um, to answer those questions. Okay. Well, we got a lot of answers as to how you lead generate. That's good news. Um, I don't see any hands up or any unanswered questions yet. If you have a question, put it in the chat box. I'll try to catch it. Um, is Chess Group, I, I answered that question for Elvis as well. That's on the Probate Master website, and I put the chat down below. Um, and I believe I covered every question. You may have, well, you're welcome to raise your hand or if you want to unmute yourself and just jump in, love to have you. A lot of you guys put your contact info in the chat box. Good job. Go here to get more business. I literally have a uh, referral in South Vermont coming up, I think tomorrow. Mm -hmm. So I know I use this resource a lot for referrals. I've closed three out-of-state transactions this year referring to different people. And that's an important part of my business. So questions, comments, experiences? What do you say to people that you know are not the PRs, family members, et cetera? Rick, I'm not sure what context you would say that. Um, if you want to jump in, I'd be glad to unmute you or you can unmute yourself and pop in. But when you say, what do I say to other people? I'm not quite sure what context that is. Hey, uh, thank you. Um, so I guess it's just, you know, we get these, these lists with all the numbers that have been, uh, um, and you, one of them, the top one may be the PR, and you know the other ones are the probably siblings, family members, et cetera. So when, you're, um, you, when you know you're likely calling a sibling or family member that's not the PR, do you say just, hey, I'm calling about, you know, so-and-so's uh, estate and just, you know, I'm looking for so and so. You know the PR, whoever the PR is. Is that how you started off? So I don't cold call, and I don't. I never. When I did cold call, I never called cold called the heirs. What you would call them is 
either errors or beneficiaries, right? These are people who, uh, when you get the data, and Rick, where do you do real estate? I'm in Greenville, South Carolina. And what data are you buying? What company are you buying your data from? All the leads. So when you buy all leads data, uh, what Rick's referring to is you get a number of contacts on a file. You have the attorney, of course. You have the petitioner, which could be called the executive administrator, depending on what state you're in and where they're at. And you have other people that are family members that are listed most commonly because on the petition for probate, they were listed as heirs or beneficiaries or family members. Uh, but in general, in probate, uh, multiple heirs are going to get notified because they're entitled to some of the money. That's why they're being notified. Um, sometimes it's creditors. There's other parties on there as well. So um, if anybody on this call, you know, prospects to those other parties, sometimes people load them in dialers and don't realize you're dialing heirs. I think one thing I would point out to you is that oftentimes one brother or sister or one sibling has filed to be the petitioner, and there's other ones that you're seeing as heirs that they've already filed their own petition and they're competing. And what I've had happen is that second sibling hates the first one. They hired their own attorney. They want control. They think their other brother is stealing from them. That's a pretty common case. And I like those because um, I can help them get better attorney representation more cost-effectively, right? If you have good resources and a good Rolodex, then if they're not happy with their brother, sister, and the attorney that person's picked, um, you can maybe bring other resources to them that will help them, number one. Number two, sometimes they're concerned it's going to take so long that they may not see their inheritance for a year or longer. And so I offer them to advance their inheritance and get them $10,000, $20,000 within a week. And I talk about that. So the key thing, Rick, is always, I think, find what their problem is. They're a person. If you're in real estate, in general, I would say you could also cold call people, but here you're on the phone with a human. They answer the phone. You're talking to them. Don't treat them as extraneous because they're not the petitioner. Treat them as an important person because they're the heir beneficiary and find out what their problem is. And if you solve the problem, you probably get paid. Good advice. Okay. Thanks. Thank you. I hope that helps. Um, okay. Um Sabina says, joining a bar association as affiliate, is that a good lead source? Sabina, it's a great lead source. I use that one. Uh, and I, as a result, went, start going to events. Then Now, I live in LA. We have multiple local bar associations in LA. We have LA County. We have downtown. We have Century City, Beverly Hills, Santa Monica, South Bay, uh, Century City. Um, and then some of them have, the bigger chapters have, Groups within them, like the LA Bar has and a trust in the states division uh, that puts on great programming. Now, the bad news is I find they can be competitive that multiple realtors will sign up. But one of my rules is if I'm going to do marketing, I want to be the only person in that space. So in LA County, where there's already two or three other realtors marketing, I would never sponsor. I don't want attorneys to think I'm just, just one of those people. Um, but I'll do other things. And there's other great reasons to go to events, to network with the attorneys, to learn information. I'm a I'm a, a affiliate member of the American Bar Association. You get their magazine, and then you can sign up for the Real Estate and Trust Division magazine, which is also very informative. So definitely, if you're looking to build business, particularly with attorney referrals, the bar associations 
and and I mean all of them, from national to the local to the committee within the bar, um, will be really helpful. Uh, Saida asks, do I have any prospecting group? I don't. I don't cold call anymore. All my business now is social media generated, and I literally have people call me and fill up my schedule all day. So I'm helping uh, uh, realtors with their business, uh, and I end up getting you know realtor referrals if they need help on their files, investors, wholesalers, uh, attorneys, of course, and petitioners. So I don't have a prospecting group. I wish I could recommend one. If somebody here has one, um, let me know. Uh, Daniel says the Tennessee Bar Association won't let affiliate memberships. I'm surprised to hear that, but I would say you might want to join the American Bar Association. Uh, and they and I know the magazine covers some Tennessee law, and that can create some good content for you. Um, you, you know, I don't know enough about Tennessee to suggest, and I don't know where you are, if there's a Nashville chapter or a Knoxville chapter, my guess is probably there's a couple chapters in different major cities in Tennessee you might want to look into. So the so state check with Nashville and Rutherford County, which are the two that I work, and they mm -hmm. both don't allow affiliate memberships. That's interesting. Yeah. I'm gonna tell you there. Um, I think you'll you know, you might want to find where do attorneys go to do their business development. When I ask that question, most attorneys in my area go to bar association meetings. In your area, they might go to other meetings, maybe BNI or related kind of networking events or um uh there's a professional fiduciaries association there's different groups so i would i would ask attorneys that you talk to along the way i'm just curious you know where are some of the places you go to do business development uh networking type events and see what they say uh, but that's surprising that they don't have affiliates i don't know why that what was that happen. second one the uh, fiduciary something there's a group called professional fiduciary pfac professional fiduciary AC, I don't even know what it stands for. Um, and they have okay. they have meetings. They have different chapters in different states. That might be mm -hmm. another one. Um, I would I would definitely look at the American Bar Association as an affiliate. Get the magazine it has that report on Tennessee law, mm -hmm. both probate related and um, real estate related. Sabina so said, "What other things? I'm not sure what you're referring to." Um, Clifford asks, "Clifford Collins is this Clifford Collins, who I know through." Mortgages in Southern California, the same Clifford Collins. Like a long time ago, we knew each other. Maybe not. Um, <coughs> Clifford, you're muted there. I can't hear you. So uh, he asks, um, uh, what resources <coughs> are used when folks need an advance their inheritance? There are companies, and I've interviewed them on my YouTube channel. There's multiple companies. What I found was, having done them multiple times, that advanced companies are like mortgage lenders. I don't know what your experience is with mortgage lenders, but in my experience is they come and go out of the market. They're sometimes competitive. They get a little fat and sassy. They give lousy service, good service, then bad service. And they're only looking at their commission. They're not looking at my business. So I would refer them a client who to me is a listing and referred by an attorney. So I got a lot writing on it. And the appropriate advanced company would just decline the file and not even tell me. And I call my client and finally get them three days later, and they're frustrated with me and disappointed me to say, "Why well, the guy you sent me to? He just said he couldn't help me." And I was able to get him financed to another company because I'm more aggressive. I'm a real estate agent, right? I can't really take no for an answer. I got to solve the problem. And I and I've done that. I did it a couple of times. And what I did was, I spent really a week. I researched every probate advance company in LA County, and. 
identified 28 companies who had done one. I reached out to them. I called them all. I interviewed them all. They could. Not all of them would even respond. I created a class on the subject. I created my own group called GetProbate.Cash. That's the that's the um, uh, event. And I have a Facebook group called Get Probate Cash as well uh, and made that a key factor in my business. So when they needed inheritance advances, I just broke it myself. I intake the, the lead and I'll and I'll figure out if it's something I can do or not and then place it with a company that will do it and get paid that way. And so I do make a little bit of money in the middle. Now, I will say you could do it on your own. I interview some companies on the YouTube channel uh, that, that will be glad to have you do it. Some will pay your commission, some won't. To me, uh, I do it because it's more about getting the listings than the business. So again, to answer your question, um, I pretty much do them on my own, and I don't really have one company I refer to because I just find they're all different, and and they they come and go, and they're aggressive and not aggressive. Uh, and um, also, I find that I can get them to agree to something by doing my homework, by driving the property, sending them photos, making the case for the valuation, things like that. Okay, David mentions he has a prospecting group at 8 a.m. David, I don't know if that's Eastern time or Pacific time, um, but it sounds great. And go to see David Allen Knight on his Facebook, and you will get there. Um, mm -hmm. Sabrina says, is it PFAC? Yes, PFAC. Um, I said, we're not sponsored, but do other things. Oh, yeah. So I don't sponsor events where there's multiple realtors, but I would sponsor an event if I'm the only one. Uh, or I'll go to events. I, I won't go to an event. At PFAC in Long Beach, which is a great program. You learn a lot. The problem is there's probably 20 people. There's probably 20 realtors. And it just when people ask what I do, I just feel uncomfortable even saying I'm a realtor because I just don't think it reflects well on me. Um, and so I'll go to other places where they may not be to uh, meet attorneys, uh, mostly real estate investing events. Um, okay, so that's the other things I do besides sponsoring those events. Um, I, I, I'll I'll see the event coming up and I'll share it with attorneys. I'll share my notes after the fact. I'll post my social media. Hey, I saw this great presentation by Judge So and So. And I'll summarize it. There'll be a value to the attorneys I work with. Uh, the other people, they just don't do that. They're not capable. Uh, and I I'll be able to offer some insight that even maybe the speaker couldn't offer. That's what I do. Okay. Questions, comments, still looking for victories. I'll, I'll share with you guys kind of an interesting victory and then an almost defeat I had. I don't see any other questions right now. Feel free to raise your hand or, or jump in with a question. So I'll share with you guys a victory I had. I had a, a good attorney I worked with, you know, um, had a filing, and, and it was a brother and a sister both filing competing petitions to run the estate. And they've been fighting for six years between them and hearings and back and forth, just blood, wasting money on both sides. Finally, the brother, not, not the attorney I work with, the other party, hired an attorney and the two attorneys were talking and said, well, we can find somebody we agree on to sell the property. And they both were going to submit a list of three names. And I was on both their names. I knew both attorneys pretty well. And they both said, yeah, that he'll do a good job. And there was a time in California, even if you have full authority, you have to file what's called a notice of proposed action. You have to file with the court your intention to sell the property, how much you're selling it for. Even if the, the um, court doesn't require it, the, the title company requires it in most cases. And in this case, would, because you have two, two people arguing over the case, 
And so either you file and wait 15 days or you file and get all parties to consent to the sale. And the other party uh, who who my uh, client had been saying, oh, he's just destructive and doesn't want to sell the property and wants to obstruct. Sure enough, we filed a notice of proposed action out of the blue so that he's an object to the sale. And I asked the attorney why and he didn't respond because he couldn't because his client was being emotional. And so I made a case as to why we had done everything required to, to sell the property properly. We put in the MLS, we held multiple open houses. I documented, documented the traffic online, documented the showings. I sent the super report that has all the people who had shown the property. And so I showed that we'd properly marketed it. I had a spreadsheet with all the offers we had on the property, who the agents were, the dollars amount, the, the link to the documents. And then I documented, I said, listen, the problem is the buyer who won is higher in the second place by $30,000. If the buyer who won backs off, and I think they, and they, and I contacted them, they said they would not go through court confirmation, long discussion what that means and why. The next offer would be $30,000 less, plus court filing fees, legal fees, and about a three-month delay. And I documented all that and gave a total, what it would cost your, your client if they object they stand to lose about $43,000. And I'm not an attorney, but my understanding is if one party obstructs, that comes out of their inheritance. So in essence, your buyer would pay the whole amount. He's not going to hold up the sale and cause both of them harm. But the one party would be able to say to the judge, they caused the delay. Here's the documentation. Take that $43,000 out of their side. And the attorney used my letter to help his customer come to the correct conclusion not to object to the sale. And we sold and closed escrow and I got paid. So the MOLA story is, and I had the courage to write the letter out to the attorney. And I think, so I want to encourage all of you guys to really know the process so you can be more than most realtors. I'm not an attorney. I wasn't signing the law. I was signing the business because I knew the business real well. I'll tell you another story I'm embarrassed to, to tell on myself in a sense. I had another file where somebody kind of like any of you might call me and said, Oh, I'm an investor, not a realtor. And there's a property near me that's vacant and um, I'd like to buy it. Come to find out that the property, uh, the owner died and needed a probate. So I referred them to an attorney. You got the probate approved for some unknown reason. The, the family just didn't take to me. She seemed very suspicious, very distant, I was very concerned about it. I was kind of disappointed. I thought I'd done a really great job. Uh, and and she kind of said to me, well, we have this other realtor in the area we're thinking of using. And I kind of gave up on it. I don't really like to follow up a lot because I want people to want to work with me. They, I do track all my leads. And once they got their letters approved in court, I sent her a letter congratulating her. By the way, I noticed your letters got approved. There's a copy in case you don't have it. If I can help with any questions, please reach out. And she replied back, thank you. I was going to give you a call. We decided we do want to go with you. And I e-filed, I sent the documents and got the listing. So that extra follow-up maybe kind of swung my pride a little bit. Uh, having the courage to make that email is what got me that deal. So anyhow, that's that's kind of what I would say to everybody here is we need to be good salespeople. We need to do the work. We need to get our egos out of the way and make sure we're focused on helping other people. Okay, Elvis Suertes says, aside from selling probate regularly, what are some ways to know the probate sales process to know these nuggets, going to court uh, to see some live cases, working with an experienced probate realtor. Yeah, those are two, Elvis. I went to court every day for um, years, a couple of years. And court closed during COVID. It's open again. 
I would definitely say if you want to learn the business in most counties, go to court. It's public. You're allowed to go in. You're allowed to watch. Watch the judge. Watch the judge make decisions. Even though many participants, when I went, there were more people in the room and that was more valuable. Still learning is very valuable. I say at least spend a week. At least go and learn the process. If you go for a week in almost any county in America other than LA, you'll know more than any other realtor in the business. So I would definitely recommend going to court. That was something that Chad challenged me when I took private mastery and definitely worked out. I have a question. If you go to court, whoever they appoint, do you give them some type of promotional material that you have? Do you hand them business cards? Well, I think you have to answer that with what's appropriate, where you are and when you are. So today, most people aren't in court when they get the approval, but their contact information is on the petition. So I'd send them an email or a text and the attorney as well. Hey, I see your client so-and-so got approved and I'd love to help them if I can. I'm experiencing these matters. Give me a call. I, I did that. I was sitting in the courtroom. I did that all day long, not all day long, for a couple hours a day. Yeah. And you're in the hallway. You meet people in the hallway as well. The key is to stand out different. If they if they think you're just another realtor, nobody's interested. If they believe you're an expert and create value for them, then they're very interested. Mm -hmm. uh, Saida asks, how do I know the court approved? Because I track online. Most courts have some manner of checking the court status. Mm -hmm. I also subscribe to a service but many counties have it for free. We can check and see what the outcome was if they were approved or not. So in that case, I logged into the court documents and found out that they were approved. Mm, thank you. Mm -hmm. Good. Okay. Other questions, comments, victories. we got one listing that's new today. Great, great job. Want to hear about that being, being sold? I have a in question. Sure. So, if I'm pulling my own leads from the courthouse, there's just a little piece of paper that they let me take a picture of or make a copy of, and it has the executor, the decedent, the lawyer, and the case file number, and whether it was intestate, testate, or muniment, and that's it. So should I be going back and actually trying to pull court filings? Will that have contact information on it? David, what state are you in? I'm sorry, Daniel, what state are you in? Tennessee. Yeah, I don't know Tennessee's filings. Uh, some courts have multiple forms and different information on different fields on different forms. So that's something that you'll learn as you go to court. You'll figure that out. Um, and then different states and counties have different access uh, to, to court documents, either uh, at the courthouse or online, or you know, some have... Uh, more available online at a courthouse, like in LA County, is there's things you can get at another courthouse that's more convenient for you. Let's say in Santa Monica, you don't want to drive downtown, but you can't get that on your home computer. So I, I don't know Tennessee and your county. I would urge you to be the expert in your county. I know you mentioned what county you're in in Tennessee, um, but I would say whatever is available, you should master that. And and I And I know that if you master that, you'll you'll win. Like that's just how life works. Okay. Does that well, make sense? I you were saying earlier that the, all the leads pulls the other heirs information. Oh, so I, in, in counties where that's available, all the leads will pull the heirs information off of the filings. So again, I don't know Tennessee well enough to know on in California, 
on the on the um, probate um, petition to probate an estate, on there it has the family members and the expected heirs. And then I believe all the leads takes those names and does skip tracing or whatever you want to call it to research the phone numbers. And they're giving you phone numbers, not from the filing, but from their database or their data service. And of course, that's only, you know, how good is it? Well, it, it is what it is. It's not perfect, but it's better than nothing. So you have to mm -hmm. find out where, how that fits for you. Um, Okay. Okay. Help a bit. Okay. Mm -hmm. um, okay. So um, Michelle says, how, "What's the service you subscribe to to get those notifications?" So Michelle, there's a few things I don't share that are really my business. I'm in LA County that I really don't don't want to train my competition. Uh, that's one where I kind of draw the line. I will say I do a lot of my own data. We scrape a lot of data from the internet, and I have virtual assistants who do that. And we combined MLS, public records, um, and with um, the probate court data. And I, I, I'll just say, past that, I'm, I'm not going to go past that as what I do specifically. Do you know a service I could subscribe to for Orange County, California? Um, Joyce, I would say, first off, check the Orange County, California county probate website. There's information there that I think you're probably missing. Start, I would say start with that. Start with what's there and what's for free. And I think that, that just that alone will take you a long way towards where you want to go. Now, how do you get that data? Again, I use virtual assistants. It's time consuming. So I pay me $4 an hour and I get stuff done in 10 hours. It costs me 40 bucks. But if I get a good lead or two off of that, it's worth it. Okay. Um, I use, so I use for virtual assistants, I use Upwork and there you can, you can find various uh, virtual assistants to do various tasks. And so the more routine and basic the task, the lower the price, mm -hmm. but it requires you to kind of tell them what to do. So I've developed the skill of delegating work to virtual assistants. One thing I use is I use a program to video. I use a awesome screenshot, for example. And I'll take a task and I'll record myself doing it and tell them what I'm doing and send them that video as a training video. So I can take a very an untrained virtual assistant who has their own internet, their own computer, and give them specific instructions, and then they can do the research. But I also set up a separate credit card for them to use because you can't give your personal credit card or your business credit card uh, for that those tasks. Uh, share certain types of documents like Google Sheets, set that up for them to do it. So there's a few things that go into delegating to virtual assistants. And I, I would say over time, you learn it and you learn how to lower your cost and how to be more, um, more uh, precise. But um, there you go. Okay. Um, I think we're kind of getting up to the end here. I don't see any other hands up, and I don't think I see any more. I think I answered the questions, at least that I see. If, if I missed your question, go ahead and re-ask it. But I think I got them all. What do you ask them for specifically? Well, anything I want them to do. Any data I want somebody to, to scrape. Um, look, uh, I go on to networking events like this one, and people 
uh, will put input their contact info. I download it. I email that to my assistant and tell her to put it into a spreadsheet and import it into my my database. So little things like that. Really, I would say, when you say what I ask you specifically, what I try to do is my job is to talk to people who have to sell houses or people who can refer me, people who can sell houses. Yeah. And anything else I can delegate, my goal is to delegate it. Now, if I can train somebody and then send it to them, then they can do it over and over again, then I do that. So to answer your question, anything that I have um, repetitive organizations, you know, um, uh, you know, rosters, contact information, um, filings, things like that, court calendar. Um, but again, in specifically in LA County, that gets that gets a little proprietary. So I'm not going to get into exactly what I do. Specifically, I can't do. I'm going to say to you generally, there's information available to you that's available for public, and there's other information you subscribe to, MLS, public records, and you got to find a way to put that information together in a way that's usable for you. Okay, Vince, thank you for contacting me. I think that's it for today. I don't see any other hands up. I don't see any other questions that I've not answered or done my best to try to answer. Um, last call. I'll just do a quick run through as to before we finish up here. Um, this is Probate Mastery, and you want to probatemastery.com. And there's, if you go to the uh, front of the website, there's three different paths there's a basics path, there's a certification path, and there's courses and bundles. And I would urge you all, I think, you know, I often hear from real estate agents, oh, I'm certified. And I, and I think that that to me demonstrates a lack of understanding of the goal. You're really not certified in this, nobody cares. If you have a certification, maybe one attorney out of 10 will. But certifications really are classes that gave you a certain amount of learning education. And I know agents will say, well, I, I was certified five years ago by such and such program. Great. But some things have changed, and you also forgot a lot of it, and you only heard it once. And so I, I would urge you to look at your education as a process. The most valuable asset in your business is you, for most of us. It's not like we're buying equipment that's worth millions of dollars. You're worth millions of dollars. So you want to educate yourself. So there's a lot of free information. I would urge you to get all that. And another way to find the free education is on the Facebook group, Estate Professionals Mastermind. And then separately, I host probateweekly.com. Love to have you join us, probateweekly.com. And I have a Facebook group, Probate Weekly, as well. And you can ask questions there, referrals, attorneys, post your content. This is interesting. I did this last week. This attorney who won an elder law case where a woman signed her grant deed while she was in the rehab center and uh, was cheated by a real estate investor. And the attorney helped her get a um, settlement, I think, for $4 million. Uh, not settlement, a, a judgment. So kind of exciting. Okay, good. Hey, thanks, everybody. I think we wrapped up today. If I can help you on Bill Gross, at Bill Gross Probate uh, on social media, you can find me in Probate Weekly or in the State Mastermind as well. Thanks for joining us. We do this every Tuesday, 11 a.m., uh, Pacific time, 2 p.m. Eastern time and everything in between. Uh, and I appreciate you guys' time today. Thank you so much. Mm -hmm.